right? I had no idea the band was doing that song today. Um, the power of music, this has nothing to do with the sermon, um, that's literally one of my all-time favorite songs. You just you remember certain things growing up, and, and I remember that song when it came out. I didn't know who Don Henley was. I, 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 no offense to you old people, the Eagles were before my time, and um, I'm, I'm a young buck. And, but I remember it came out right in the middle of the MTV era, man. That was when hairband music was going on and things were going on and videos were over the top and they were wild and music was about um, sex and drugs and partying and doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden this video came out and the video was black and white. And here was this guy from me, the first time I had ever heard someone necessarily sing about a serious subject. The first time I had ever heard someone sing about something that was very deep. And I remember that song, and I remember him, if I remember correctly, he had a black trench coat on in the video, and it was just very different than anything that was out at the time. And man, I've always loved that song. And man, Don Henley is a great vocalist, and that's a powerful song. And it goes so great with what we're talking about today because we're the second week of a series called The Haunting. And we're talking about the things that haunt us and keep us from living the life that we were created for. The amazing thing about being haunted is you go about your day, you go about your weeks, you can even go about your years with the issue that's haunting you not coming along. And when you least expect it, It comes out of nowhere, and most of the time the haunting is a mental thing that comes along, and it cripples you. It it almost attaches itself to you. It weighs you down with this heavy burden. Last week we talked about getting past our past. We talked about how our past haunts so many of us. We can't live in today because we're living in yesterday. We can't live in tomorrow because we're living in yesterday, the past mistakes, the past things that have happened to us. And and we talked about the reality is everybody has a past. You're not special because you have a past. You weren't dealt a bad card in life because you have a past. You're simply human if you have a past. And we've all made mistakes, we've all screwed up, we've all hurt people, and we've all had people hurt us. But the reality is you can't go back and change your past You've got to move past your past. If you missed that, you can download the Action Church podcast and you can hear that for free. Today I want to talk about something that affects many of us. And it goes back to our past. It goes back to the fact that there's not a person here who hasn't been hurt by somebody. Either relationally, emotionally, possibly physically, Mentally, somebody has done us wrong. It, it might have been they did us wrong in a family situation. It might have been a sense that someone that was supposed to be loyal to us betrayed us. It might be that someone did something wrong to us in a business dealing. It might have been, I don't know what it is. It might have been we were a child and an adult did something to us that we had no control over and we hang on to it. We talked about moving past our past, but we're going to take that whole nother level today. It's one thing to move past your past. It's an entirely different thing to learn how to forgive those that have hurt you. 
I think possibly the hardest thing in life is to forgive somebody who has hurt you or hurt somebody that you love. It goes against everything that comes natural to us. And so many of us are crippled by unforgiveness. So many of us cannot move on a life because we have tied this weight to our feet and every step feels like we're dragging 400 and 500 pounds with us because we have resentment in our heart. We have anger in our heart. We have bitterness in our heart. And we have a false understanding of what forgiveness is and we're going to unpack that today. But in every sense of the word, there's not a person here today who at one time or another hasn't been haunted by unforgiveness. And it just is so hard to forgive because the reality is, and write this down or take a picture of it, unleashing unforgiveness is unnatural. Unleashing unforgiveness is unnatural. The reality is, you screwed me over. You messed with me, you ruined my life, you took something from me that I can never get back, or even worse, you did something to someone I love. You damaged them. And I, just being honest, and you being honest in my natural flesh, want to see you suffer. I want to see you pay for what you did. I want to see your life crumble for what you did to me. I think watching your life be destroyed because of what you did to me would bring me joy. And the reality is we hang on to unforgiveness because unleashing forgiveness is unnatural. But what we fail to realize in the process of that, because I refuse to forgive you, I allow you to do what you did to me over and over and over again. I allow you to do it in the playground of my mind every single day. Because I can't forgive you for what you did. I can't. Un, I can't unleash forgiveness. Unforgiveness, the reality, and here's what we fail to, to realize about unforgiveness. Unforgiveness doesn't affect the person who hurts you. How many of you would be honest? I know it's church, and I know it's hard to be honest in church, and we don't want anyone to know our dirty laundry, but how many of you would say, Gary, at some time in life, I've been hurt by somebody? Raise your hand, raise your hand. I'm looking over here. I'm looking over here. Keep them up, keep them up, because I want to see which ones the liars are in the church here. Amy right there is a liar. She has to have her hand up. To say she's never been hurt by somebody, I, I can do that. She's family, so I can single her out. The other rest of you, the two other ones, you're liars too. You're not family, so I'm not going to call you out. We've all been hurt. But unforgiveness... Holding the grudge, holding the bitterness. The reality is, and I think this is a hard pill to swallow sometimes. It doesn't affect the person who hurts you. Bitterness doesn't affect the person who wronged you. 
I, I hate to break this to you. You were in a bad relationship and someone did you wrong. You get up and think about it every single day. Guess what? They never think about it. Someone did something to you when you were young. They don't think about it. They don't think about it. They screwed you over in a business transaction. They don't think about it. Your spouse hurts you. Time goes on. They move on from that. They don't get up every day and think about it. They don't get up every day and think about the fact that they cheated you, they lied to you, they hurt you. But because you can't forgive them, you replay it on the movie screen of your mind every single day. And while they're not giving you a second thought, you're allowing them to affect you every day. You get up every day thinking about it. I know people who can't function because of what someone did to them. It's natural to see, want to see them suffer. The reality is it's our flesh's response. <laughs> we keep ourselves bound up in hate because we think to forgive them is to dismiss what they did to us. And we're going to unpack that today. We keep ourselves chained up. And it wears us out. The ability to hate someone is draining. The emotion of holding on to a grudge is exhausting. It literally will sap you. It's funny, the older I get, the more forgiving I find myself because I don't have the energy to hate. I don't have the energy to want to see you destroyed. I don't have the energy to keep up with whether or not how you're living your life is the standard I think you ought to live it because I want to see you suffer. It's exhausting. But it's hard to let it go because unleashing forgiveness is unnatural. The reality is, on your own, you can't do it. You can do it for a period but something will ignite it, and it'll be back. The good news is, though, as Christ followers, we don't operate in the natural. We operate in the supernatural. And this book talks over and over and over about forgiveness. But if you hear nothing else I say today, I want you to hear this. You can tune out after this if you so choose. We need to accept the reality that forgiveness is not for the one who hurts you. They hurt you. Who cares about them? I'm just being honest. Dare I? Oh, I'm not going to say that. F them. I don't care if I bring peace to them. Forgiveness is not for the one who hurts you. Forgiveness is for you. It's giving yourself the greatest gift you can ever give yourself. Listen to this. The gift of freedom. The gift of a clear conscience. 
The gift of not dragging around drama and anger and bitterness and rage. Listen, there's a lot of things I get up here and I preach to you about and I try to overload you with the Bible because I might not necessarily understand the emotion involved in that, but the Bible does. This is one of the subjects that I have lived. I know of which I am speaking. There are so many times in my life, years ago, yesterday, (laughs) that I have struggled with unforgiveness. Struggling for what others have done to myself or done to me. Struggling, don't miss this, with what I've done to myself. And oh, by the way, that's an entirely different subject that we're actually going to talk about next week. Because we haunt ourselves by others who have hurt us. But we also haunt ourselves by what we've done to ourselves or what we've done to others. And forgiving others and forgiving yourselves are two different subjects. So next week I'm going to talk about how do you forgive yourself. But today we're going to talk about how do we forgive others. I have struggled with people who I have helped and been there for in their darkest hour. And yet the minute I turned my back, they stabbed me in my back. I've struggled with those who have done me dirty in business. I've struggled with those who have hurt those I've loved. So listen. I'm not telling you to do something today that I haven't been there, done that, got the scars to prove it. It sucks to be done wrong. And in the natural, it's impossible for me to forgive. My flesh, listen, there ain't a person here that can hold a grudge better than me. There ain't a person here who can stay angry and bitter better than me. You might be at the same level as me, but I can promise you can't do it better than me. I'm a loyalty guy, and when you screw me over, man, I want to see you destroyed. Like, I'm that guy that wants to see you slowly destroyed. I don't want to show up and whoop you because that's over too quick. In my flesh, I want to take everything you have. Peace by peace by peace. I, I want to feel you suffer. That's not very godly. I know I understand that. I'm telling you in the natural that's how I feel. But again, I try to operate in the supernatural. I think one of the areas in our household that we have grown is in the area of forgiveness and we're constantly growing in. And every time we learn a little bit more and more, it's a little bit more freedom We've learned that it's just not worth the anger and it's not worth the grudge and it's not worth the emotional toll those things have on you. But this is one of those subjects that it sounds really good to preach on and we amen about, but it's really hard to live out. I'm going to go ahead and let you know it's hard to live out. If it was easy, everybody would do it. It's hard. But I've learned the harder the task, the greater the result. While it's hard, it's the greatest thing you can give yourself. There's a great story in Matthew 18 I want to look at this morning. Jesus has been talking about this whole subject of forgiveness. He's been talking, I like to call it the F-bomb. The real F-bomb. 
the real F you, the forgive you, the forgiveness bomb that he wants to drop. And he's been talking about it. And it seems like as he's talking to his disciples about it, Peter has obviously been dealing with the same issue. The message is connecting. There's times that I teach to you and my message hits you different because there's times that it connects with you. As Jesus teaching on this subject, it's obvious from the text here that it's connecting with Peter. It's obvious that someone has screwed him over and he's thinking about it. And as Jesus teaching about it, you can tell Peter's all ears. And so as Jesus teaching on it, Peter begins to ask Jesus some questions about the F-bomb, about the forgiveness bomb. And Peter comes along and he makes some serious assumptions, some assumptions about forgiveness that were wrong. And they had to be corrected. The Bible says in Matthew 18, 21, then Peter came to Jesus. And he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother who sins against me? You got to understand this. I'm going to break this down where he gets a little arrogant right here. Up to seven times? You got to understand the tenor of this question. He's trying to show off here. He's trying to impress Jesus. That never works, by the way. He's trying to impress the Pharisees that are also listening to this message. So you've got to understand the arrogance of this because the Pharisees taught that if you, taught somebody, if you forgave somebody three times, that was huge forgiveness. That was grandiose forgiveness. It was a whole other level of forgiveness. To come along and forgive someone three times well, was amazing, and that's what the religious leaders taught. So Peter comes along and says, man, I'm above the religious leaders. Man, I'm, I'm one of J.C.'s big man. I roll with him everywhere I go. So if the, if the peons have to do it three times, look at me. How many times should I forgive Jesus? Seven? Look at me, Jesus. I, I, I'm willing to forgive him seven times. Not just three. I'm willing to do double plus one, Jesus. Are you impressed? He's trying to show off here. Hey, Jesus, I know I'm a spiritual stud. I'm one of the, 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 the big 12. I'm one of the, the three of the 12 that gets to roll everywhere with you. I'm in the inner circle. I get they teach three times. Check it out. I'm thinking seven times. Jesus, isn't that incredible? Look at me. <laughs> See, Peter thought he understood forgiveness, but he was way off the mark. Peter was confused about forgiveness. (laughs) Forgiveness is more for the one who was offended than the offender. So Peter can release them three times. He can release them seven times. But if he refuses to release them the eighth time, he's only hurting himself because, again, the one who hurt him isn't thinking about him. Forgiveness helps us more than the people who've messed us over. But Peter didn't get this. So Jesus, when he answers the question, launches into one of his great stories. You know how I feel about Jesus and his stories, man. He could never give an answer. It was just, let me tell you a story. Like if Jesus was your granddad, he'd be on the rocking chair on the front porch whittling wood. Just launching into stories. Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Seven times? (laughs) And Jesus says, hey, Peter, let's take, for example, there's a wealthy king. 
I mean, this king is rolling in the bling bling, man. This king has unlimited money. And let's say this king's a going through his books. He's leveling stuff up. And he realizes there's a man who owes him money. And if you actually begin to calculate the amount of money that was owed to this king in this time, in our modern day, the man would have owed the king about $10 million. And you got $10 million you can let me borrow? It's a lot of money. I know some wealthy people. And $10 million would be a lot of money to those wealthy people. It's, it's a lot of paper. Even for some of you big ballers. So the king is going through his records and he finds out a man owes him $10 million. So he calls the man in before him and says, hey, <laughs> it's time to pay up. I need the money. Show me the money. You owe it to me and it's time to pay. <laughs> well, look at what the servant did. Back then, you couldn't file chapter 11 or chapter 13. Owing someone would cost you your life. The Bible says, at this time, the servant fell on his knees before him, him being the king. Be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. I got to be real honest with you. You owe me $10 million. I don't see myself being real patient. Especially if I've hit the point where it's time for me to call you in and, and it's time for you to pay because that means you've been ducking me. That means if I had to call you in, you did not live up to the agreement that we set out before. And now you're taking food off my table and that's not going to work. In my natural flesh, I'm going to be real, real angry. Now you need to understand what this king could have done. This king could have immediately snapped his fingers and thrown this guy to the torturers. He could have had the guy tortured to death. This guy, king, could have actually taken this man by their laws of this time and his entire family and sold them into slavery and kept the money to repay the debt. But look what he does, man. The king does something crazy to me. Verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt. He didn't extend the debt and say, man, yeah, I'll give you another 30 days. He didn't say, man, pay me back when you can pay me back. The Bible says he canceled the debt, no strings attached, and let him go. $10 million. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. Don't, don't worry about it. Now, if he owed the guy like $1,000, maybe I could see that. Man, don't worry about that $1,000. We'll take care of your family. But just, like, just play it over $10 million. <laughs> Man. But we're guilty of that. When someone has hurt us, when someone has trashed us, when someone has taken advantage of us, it's like a death that's been created. And we think to ourselves, they owe me. They need to pay. A debt has been created. They owe me money. Now think about that as the story continues. I think that had I been forgiven $10 million, you would think the servant, if he had been forgiven 
$10 million, would walk around with a gratitude of forgiveness in everything that he did. You agree? If I forgive you $10 million, don't you think you're going to walk around with an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of forgiveness? So say hypothetically, I forgive you $10 million, but then you realize, holy smokes, I just got forgiven $10 million, but I just remember somebody owes me money. That's what happened in this story. The servant's been forgiven $10 million. Suddenly he remembers someone owes him money. Guess how much money in modern day terms the guy owed the servant who had just been forgiven $10 million? $11. Don't miss that. Don't miss that because we're going to laugh at it, but I'm going to show you you're guilty of the same thing. I've been forgiven $10 million. Brandon has forgiven me $10 million. But I'll be damned if Bubba don't owe me $11. Not $11 million. I've been forgiven $10 million. But I'm going to hunt Bubba down that owes me 11. The Bible says the man who was forgiven 10 million found the guy who owed him 11 dollars and began to choke the man out until he paid back the 11 dollars. Does that seem petty? How many of you think that's petty? That's petty. I've been forgiven 10 million and now I'm fighting over 11. Mm. When the king hears about this, the king with the bling bling, the king who had forgiven the 10 million hears about this, he brings the servant back before him. The master called the servant in. He said, you wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. He said, I forgave you. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that was owed. I'm about to tie this together. This is crazy right here. The king delivered this man from his debt. He delivered this man from the torture. He delivered this man from prison. He delivered this man's family from slavery. And the servant who was forgiven put himself back in prison by not being able to forgive. I don't understand what you're saying, Gear. Here's what I'm saying. If you're a Christ follower, you've been forgiven. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for your sin. Scratch that, our sin. Oh, by the way, remember when I told you you should amen? That's where you should amen. I'm talking about the God of the universe, the King of Kings. Look down at our wickedness, our lying, our corruption, our stealing, our thieving, our anger, our bitterness, all the screwing over of people that we do, making poor decisions. And he forgave us. Imperfect things cannot go to a perfect place. So somebody had to pay the price for our sin. God sent his son Jesus to pay the price for our sin. He forgave us, yet in our arrogance, we won't forgive others. We've been forgiven 10 million. 
But this person lied to us. $11, we won't forgive them. God took us out of prison. And we hold on to a grudge and put the shackles right back on. That was a roundabout way to get there. But it's what we do. Let me educate you. Let me encourage you and lift you up today. The Bible says for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. You know what that means? It means we, you, me, all of us are sinners. Let me tell you the biggest lie society says. I just believe all people are good. No. All people are bad. Because we have what's called a sin nature. You do not have to teach us how to be bad. How many of you got kids? Did anybody teach your kids how to lie? We're born sinful. Did anybody teach your kids how to sneak? Did anybody teach your children how to manipulate? They come out of the womb. You say, no, they don't. Yeah, they do. How many times you had that little baby? It's so cute. How many of you love being a parent? Man, it's the highlight of your life. You love being a parent. None of you. Four of you. Four of you are like, I love being a parent. You remember bringing that cute little baby home and it weighed like seven pounds, nine ounces, or ever how much? I don't know how much babies weigh. And it was all cute and it had that baby smell. Remember that new baby smell? Kind of like a new car smell. Like puppy breath. You know, it just had that baby smell. And then remember that little cute baby started crying and screaming. And you check its diaper and it's dry. Oh, it's not the diaper why it's crying. Oh, maybe it's hungry. And you feed the baby and it eats and it's got a full belly and yet it's still crying. Maybe it got gas from the food and you burp it and it burps. Like, why I burp and it's gross, but a little baby burps and it's cute. And so suddenly you realize there's really nothing wrong with this baby at all, except it has learned how to manipulate you, that if you cry, you will pick it up and give it undivided attention. Man, there's a day old and they learn that. We're born wicked. I know that upsets some of you, but we're born sinners. There's nothing good in us. Except him. It's called total depravity. Because of our sin, we're separated from God. In our flesh, we are wicked society. You get rid of all the rules and regulations and laws and the penalties and consequences for our actions and watch how quickly you'll see the evil in people. And yet God forgives us. In all of our mess-ups, and all of our wickedness, and all of our hurt, I can't even remember all the people I've hurt. There's a stack of bodies behind the bus called Gary's life. I'm not saying that to brag, I'm just saying it's reality. And oh, by the way, there is in your life too. And we've been forgiven. And yet somebody ripped us off in business and... We can't forgive them. We're like that servant. We chased them down over $11. Now, that's a great story, but here's where it gets real, real. So Jesus tells a story, and you've got to understand, Jesus is always going to tie the story together. Look what it says in verse 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you 
unless you forgive your brother or your sister from your heart. If we don't forgive others, we go back to prison. That doesn't mean we don't go to heaven because once you have a relationship with God, you have a relationship with God. But what it means is we have that bounding of us, that weight. How many of you have ever done a hike or anything with a weighted vest? It's amazing how much it can change everything. Carrying that burden. The guy had received forgiveness, but he didn't understand what he'd received. I think sometimes in life we forget what we have received from God. Because he took the forgiveness for granted, he wasn't able to give the forgiveness to others. <laughs> That's what happens in our life when we refuse to forgive someone. I, I, I understand they hurt you. I'm going to get to that, I promise you. I understand they hurt you bad. But we've been forgiven. We don't realize or we forget that God has forgiven us. And we're to extend that forgiveness to others. We forget that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And yet we're going to go through life upset because someone lied to us. See, if we truly understand what Christ has done for us, forgiving wouldn't be a problem. So Peter asked a simple question at the beginning of the story. How many times should I forgive? Seven? The religious leaders of the day said three. Jesus answered him and said, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. And oh, by the way, ignore the number. He's just throwing a number out there saying, you should forgive as many times as you need to forgive. Because God forgives you. Jesus says, check this out, big boy. I tell you not seven, but 77 times. Over and over and over and over and over. So many times that you don't even keep count anymore is how many times you forgive. Well, Gary, you don't realize what they did to me. You don't realize what my father did to me. You don't realize what my mother did to me. You don't realize what my uncle, you don't realize what my parent allowed someone else to do to me. I mean, you don't understand what my husband did, the boyfriend did. You don't understand, man, I married her and she was running all over town. You don't understand, Gary. It's easy for you to talk about that. But for me to forgive them, would be minimizing what they've done. I'm not going to let them off that easy. I'm going to make them pay. I'm going to make them suffer. Let me make this very clear to you and burst your bubble today. No, you're not. Because they don't think about you. The fact that they could do that to you in the first place shows you what type of person they are. And that might be painful, and it might hurt you today. But you're not making them suffer. You're making yourself suffer. You need to reprogram your mind. You're not minimizing what they did. Let me make this clear. I'm not minimizing what they I'm not minimizing the people that have hurt me in my life. And my flesh screw them. But I've been forgiven. How do I not forgive? You don't know what they did to me, Gary. You don't know what they've done to me. I had someone stop me in the lobby today. 
in the lobby today. Had a person they knew call them. Person I don't know. Person, if I saw them face to face, I probably would never met them face to face in my life. And said, hey, heard you're going to Action Church. I am. I got to tell you some things. Did you know that, Pastor X, Y, Z? They're like, yeah, he's talked about it. Did you know that Pastor puts on events that have alcohol? Yeah. Did you know that Pastor? This is my favorite part of the lady. She said, Do you know what that Pastor did? She said, This is what the lady told me. She told her, Yeah, but haven't you been married four times? Yeah. But do you know he puts on events that have, yeah, but don't you drink? I let people just lay it out. But my point is, that's every day in my life. You know what? It would be really easy for me to get angry and be like, who is this person I don't even know? Give me her name. I'm going to go confront that person. It would be easy for me to get on Facebook and put that person on blast. Because I guarantee you I have a more social media reach than that person ever dreamed about. I can make that person become the biggest hypocrite, judgmental person in Cherokee County with one Facebook post. And my flesh wants to! Because that's how I'm wired. But I have a relationship. I don't operate in the flesh. Let me back that up. I try not to operate in the flesh. I try not to operate in the natural. I try to operate in the supernatural. I try to put myself in other people's shoes. I don't know what's going on with that lady that makes her so angry and bitter that she needs to feel and call and talk about someone she's never met in her life. I don't know. But I guarantee you if I dug quick enough, I could find it real quick. So you don't know. I don't know what you've been through, but you don't know what I go through all the time. We all go through stuff. Point being, you're not special just like I'm not. But God tells me I'm to cancel that debt, to forgive that debt. We're not minimizing what they did to us. He treated you bad? I hate that. You forgiving him is not minimizing it. You're freeing yourself up by forgiving. You're giving yourself a gift money can't buy. Forgiveness, right in the middle, that's the word give. You're giving yourself the greatest gift, the gift of that thousand pound weight off your chest, that gift of unleashing yourself. That's a horrible illustration. But I always hear women talk about the best part of the day. God, I'm going to regret this. This is just how my mind works. The best part of the day is when they get home after working all day, they take their work clothes off, and they free the puppies. And you can just see the sound. That's the way I picture letting go of forgiveness. It just seems like it would be amazing. We give ourselves that gift. See, we need to understand something. 
Forgiveness is an action, not an attitude. Forgiveness is an action, not an attitude. You don't wait until you feel like you can forgive because you'll never feel like forgiving. Forgiveness is a decision to forgive those who wronged us simply because Jesus forgave us. Anne Lamott said that forgiveness is like eating rat poison. Excuse me, she said unforgiveness is like eating rat poison and hoping the other person dies. Makes no sense. I'm going to hold on to the anguish of it. And they're living their best life now. Anybody remember a few years ago the game Angry Birds? Like, that was the game. Anybody? Okay, so Angry Birds was this game where these little trolls had been wrong to these birds. Remember? So the thing of, it was a pig, it was pig, right, not trolls, pigs. The pigs had been, like, what kind of weed are you smoking that you come up with this? So the pigs have wronged the birds. So the birds are going on attack against the pigs by destroying their houses. Don't miss this. Great concept. Except, except the birds put themselves in a slingshot and they slung themselves into the houses. So to pay back the pigs, they hurt themselves. Remember, the, they would hit the house and have the little stars over their head? And I was always like, why did they just put a big rock in the slingshot and sling the rock at the house? Why are they slinging themselves at the house? But that's what we do with unforgiveness. I'll show you I'm going to be angry. I'm going to show you when I run into you in public, my whole demeanor is going to change. I'll show you. We punish ourselves. I had a guy recently screw me over. I walked into a place and boom, there he was. I texted Kristen. I said, that mother. Her response, because she's trying to protect me. She said, leave. No. He wronged me. I'm not leaving because of him. I sat right there the whole time. The barbershop. Hard to get away at the barbershop. And I made that joker so uncomfortable. That's not why I did it, though. I did it because I'm not changing my life and allowing that person to affect me. I live in the same town as that person. I'm probably going to run into them all over the place. I'm not changing my routine because for me to leave was punishing myself. I'll show him. I'll leave. No, I'll show him. You don't affect me. I'm still getting my beard trimmed. And in the process, I'm going to stare you down like I hate your guts the whole time, but I'm just saying I'm not perfect, still in the, in the natural something. But we're like them birds just slinging ourselves into the house. Hitting our stars everywhere because we won't let go of stuff. So Gary, it sounds good. I need to forgive. How do I do it? We're going to get there. But before I get there, I'm not even going to break them down. I'm just going to give them to you real quick. Before we can get there, you need to understand, first of all, what forgiveness is not. Because I think this is why we don't forgive. We have a false pretense of what forgiveness is. 
First of all, forgiveness is not approval of what they did to you. When you forgive them, you're not approving of what they did because it's not about them. You're forgiving yourself to let it go. Don't miss this. It's, this is, boy, let me tell you something. This is something you ought to be taking a picture of. You ought to be hardening it and putting your favorites of your phone because you're going to have to go back to it over and over and over because we have a false pretense. Society says what forgiveness is. That's not what forgiveness is. It's not excusing what they did. You're not making excuses for what they did. You're not, excuse, you're not justifying what they did. Well, if I forgive them, that means there's a reason why they, they were just going through a hard time. And I'm just, no, 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 they screwed you up. They were wrong. It's not pardoning what they did. It's not pardoning. You're not pardoning them and releasing them of what they did. Oh, this is the key. Forgiving them is not restoring the relationship you had with that person. I can forgive you and never have contact with you again because I didn't forgive you for you. I don't care if you feel forgiven. Like, we feel like we have to go to people and say, I forgive you. Why? You're not forgiving them to release them. You're forgiving to release yourself. It's not denying what they did. Man, if I forgive, that denies that they were abusive, but it denies that they stole from me, or it denies that they hurt my kids. Nope, because it's not about them. It's not blindness to what they did. It's not forgetting what they did. Let me tell you another big lie. Forgiveness is forgetting. Nope. You screw me over, I'll never forget. Fool you once, shame on me. Fool me twice. Or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. No, I won't forget. But when I remember, I'm not going to get angry. I'm not going to be in bondage. It's not minimizing what they did. And it's not pretending they didn't hurt us. Leave that up, Xander, because everybody ought to be taking a picture of that. Before I can tell you how to forgive, you have to have a proper understanding of what forgiveness is not. It's none of those things. Forgiveness is simply this. Forgiveness is to release someone of the debt they owe you as a result of the pain they caused you. What's the debt? The debt is I, I, I want them to suffer. The debt is I live angry at them all the time. The debt is I stalk them on social media to make sure their life sucks. I'm releasing them of the debt as a result of the pain they caused me. I don't want them to owe me a debt anymore. I want nothing to do with them. Or I do want something to do with them and I'm forgiving them where I can move on and get healing in that relationship. That happens too. Forgiveness is to release someone of the debt they owe you as a result of the pain they called you. Here's my question. Aren't you sick and tired of anger, bitterness, resentment? Aren't you sick of laying your head down at night and replaying what they did to you? It's exhausting. Today it's time for some of you to drop an F-bomb. Not like my wife drops the F-bomb. Talking about the forgiveness bomb. It's time for some of you to give the person who hurt you the biggest F you, I forgive you, that they've ever received. It's not easy, but it can be done. And here's how. 
I'm not even going to elaborate on these points. 3D is the world we live in. Height, width, length, whatever, 3D. You've got to go 4D, that's that fourth dimension, supernatural. We're going to defer to God. You cannot forgive on your own. You've got to defer to God. I said I wasn't going to preach on these. You've got to defer to God. You've got to decide to take the initiative. Decide to take the initiative. That means you have got to decide, I want to release myself of the pain I'm feeling. I'm at least going to take the first step where I can let them go. I'm going to defer to God first, then I'm going to decide to take the initiative. Then I'm going to disengage from my emotions. This is the hardest one. Because if I allow my emotions to fuel me, it's not going to go good. I'm going to disengage from my emotions. So I'm going to defer to God. I'm going to decide to take the initiative. I'm going to disengage from my emotions. And last, we're going to deliver your enemies to God. What that means is, you're going to allow God to deal with them. Don't miss this. However God chooses to deal with them. And I hate to burst your bubble. He's going to deal with them the same way he dealt with you. Forgiveness. That doesn't mean there won't be consequences for their actions. We're going to defer to God. Put that point back up, Xander. Defer to God. We're going to decide to take the initiative. I can't remember the next D, Xander. Disengage from your emotion. I knew it was emotion. I couldn't think of the D word. I mean, if you run on your emotions, whew, especially if you're a lamb, you're going to deliver your enemies to God. Forgiveness for those that have hurt you is powerful. Next week, I'm going to talk about how you forgive yourself. Because a lot of times we'll forgive others before we can forgive ourselves. But both of them haunt us. I told you we were going to get out of here early.